Well, hey, good evening, everybody. Obviously, I am not Pastor Brent, and so we want to take a minute. We had uh, something happen in his family that we want to take some time and pray for right now. I'm Pastor Scott, one of the members of our pastoral team, and uh, Kristen, his wife, uh, fainted a little bit earlier before the service at home in the bathroom, and, uh, and so they have rushed her to MCR to do some tests and things like that, and so uh, he said it was okay for me to let everybody here know tonight that that is what is going on, and so we released him, obviously, to say, go be with your wife, Kristen, and your family, and uh, your, your parents, and uh, just to be able to be with her and figure out what's going on, and so we want to take a few minutes here to be able to pray for Pastor Brent and his wife, Kristen, and uh, if we know of anything before the end of the service that comes back to me, we'll obviously get back up here and let you know, um, but if you could be praying in your hearts throughout the service for her, um, she is cognitive now, but is a little bit loopy. And then obviously you can pray for uh, the daughter, Brielle, that uh, heard the thump in the bathroom. And if you are parents there, you know that uh, when your kids have to deal with something like that, that is uh, an emotional thing. And so we need to be praying for Brielle and the kids as well. So if you'll just take a minute and quiet your hearts before the Lord and uh, pray for Kristen, Pastor Brent, for Keaton, for Brielle, Serena, and Talon. Let's just go before the Lord together. Lord Jesus, we come before you on behalf of one of our family members. We pray for Kristen Cunningham, Lord, and for the doctors and the nurses at MCR as they are trying to figure out right now what led to the fainting spell. God, we pray protection over her brain, anything that got bumped, Lord, as she fell. Lord, we pray for them as they narrow this down, that you would just give them wisdom, discernment, tests that they need to run, anything that they need to do, Lord, to be able to figure this out. Lord, we pray for her. We pray for her kids, Lord. We pray for Keaton. We pray for Brielle, Lord, that was the one that went in there when she heard the thump. God, we pray for her. Protect her little heart. Help them to love on mom. We pray for little Serena and Talon, God, and for all of them as they are together as a family, God, that you would allow them to just love on her, make her laugh, whatever it takes, Lord, as a family, as little kids can do, Lord. We are praying your covering over that room, wherever they are at MCR. Be with Pastor Brent, God, that you'll just allow him to be the best caretaker that's absolutely possible, while at the same time juggling being a dad, being all the other things that he needs to be right now. We love this family, Lord. We pray your protection over them, and ultimately, as even as we are singing, Lord, of how great you are and how your healing power is awesome, and we ask, Lord, that you would touch her right now, and according to your will, God, we ask for your strength and your power, your provision, and your healing in her life. God, we lift them up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, if uh, we hear anything before the end of service, we will keep you posted and uh, just be praying in your hearts for them as well. And so, but uh, graciously, as obviously you guys are wondering, well, what is Pastor Scott going to talk about? Nothing as intellectual and deep and theological as Pastor Brent, let me tell you. All right, but we've got somebody close. And uh, so, but ushers, if you'll come, go ahead and come forward. Ushers, if you'll come, now's our time for our our regular time on midweek service where you guys are just so willing to be able to give your tithes and your offerings. And so as I introduce Matt Ushers, you can go ahead and pass the offering plates as you go. And uh, But Matt Hickey has graciously offered to step up because I was the other option and I got vetoed. And so we brought Matt Hickey in, but a great friend of Timberline Church, great family. He's been a deacon. Obviously, he's taught a lot of our Sunday school equipped classes uh, CSU, he's uh, got a lot of esteemed honors that he won't want me to go into tonight, but the bottom line you need to know about Matt Hickey is he has a heart <laughs> that loves the Lord and loves his family, and he's always willing to share what God's been doing in his life. So he's going to share a topic tonight of what it's like to live in the image of God, and so let's give it up for Matt Hickey for stepping up, and let's open our hearts to what he has to say. Brother. 
appreciate that. Thanks. You know, part of the challenge of being human is precisely what Brent and Kristen are dealing with tonight. We're, we're not guaranteed the next minute, let alone the next day. And, uh, you know, I love that family. I know you do, too. So I just want to uh, implore you, beseech you, if I can use some King James language to, to continue to lift them up. Kristen, as many of you know, has been dealing with health issues for some time, and if you know sweet little Brielle, too, that's a tough thing to wander in on. So long beyond tonight, whether we get updates or not, I, I just would encourage you to pray for them. Part of being human also means living in community, and there's something special about the community that we call the body of Christ. So in another really kind of dynamic way, we have an object lesson of that tonight. Uh, Brent is one of my dearest friends. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of this. I'm confident of that. <laughs> um, I was driving up here just a few minutes ago with my daughter, and I got a text from him saying, are you coming to church tonight? And I handed the phone to my daughter, being the conscientious driver that I am, and said, text him back and say, I'm on my way. So she did, and then the phone rang immediately. And Brent is such a neat guy. You can always tell when he's kind of uncomfortable, so... I could discern that, but uh, we, we had spent a couple hours before he put this, this um, series together, and so I was happy to, happy to help out. I actually had to arm wrestle Pastor Scott, and I managed to pin him three times in a row, so <laughs> I got to come up, and he unfortunately has to play second fiddle. It's all that, that working out I've been doing, so part of being human and being in community and being members of the body of Christ means we rally around one another as well. One of the enduring blessings of being a member of the body of Christ is being able to do exactly what Brent did without any, any worries. And we all ought to be the same way. If we can't reach out to somebody in the body of Christ with a cry for help and say, I need X, can you come alongside me? We're not getting it. We're not getting what it means to be a member of the body. My wife and I both lost spouses. I've been down that road here before. And we were both able to rely in a very tangible way on, on members of the body of Christ to be crutches for us, to do this, something as simple as prepare meals. I remember one of the powerful moments as, as a, a brother came down and, and just sat. And here's a guy who I never would have saw this in a million years. He sat at my hospital bed and just held my hand all night long. He never said a word. Sometimes that's all it takes. I have to say a few words tonight. You may be thankful for that. You may not. I'll leave that up to you. But Brent started last week on this, this notion of, of the image of God, imago Dei in the Latin. And, and he started, I think, with a, a picture, literally, in some ways, of that image being a little smeared, a little blurry, a, a little disfigured. You know, if we stop and think that we bear the fingerprints of the Almighty, that ought to take our breath away, right? The opening chapters of Genesis that describe the creations of the heavens and the earth, describe this unique creation of man, only man, men and women, is described as being created in the image of God. Now, we know as a result of the fall that that's not quite what it ought to be. I always love 1 Corinthians 13. The day is going to come, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us, when we're no longer going to look through that 
dark glass or see in a mirror dimly. We're going to see face to face. Someday we're going to know fully, even as we're fully known. For the moment, that's not the case. And so Brent began to illustrate some of that image last week. I want to unpack a little bit more about that notion of image of God for you. You know, image in the Greek is the word icon, right? So when we think about some of the paintings we might get, we think about the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, there are a variety of pictures that would come to mind. In the Hebrew, the phrase that we get that's translated as in the image of God is bet selem Elohim. Now, for Christians, there's a lot wrapped up into that. Let me start at the end. Elohim is a Hebrew word for God, but it actually is plural. And so us Christians will, I think, appropriately read a Trinitarian perspective into that. There are a variety of Hebrew and ancient Near East words for God. And in fact, many of them are used throughout Genesis. So the author of Genesis could have used El as a for instance but chose Elohim. And in fact, those, those rich phrases say, let us make man in our image, foreshadowing that Trinitarian doctrine that would be made manifest later on. Selem is a Hebrew word that we translate as image, so it's analogous to imago or icon. It's a common word in ancient Near East languages, so neighboring countries had cognate words that were very similar to Salem. It, it, it captured a couple of things. You would often use it when you were talking about a statue, that kind of an image, a carved sort of an image. Uh, occasionally, it would convey the notion of a shadow, so you could see sort of the outlines of something, but you don't get the details. And in some ways, that comports with Brent's teaching last week. We can't get the fine granularity. We don't know what color the eyes are, these sorts of details. We might, just the outlines in some ways. And then we get this little preposition, bet. Bet is actually the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but it also serves as a preposition in the Hebrew language. And that's where we get in. So in the image of God, bet, salem, Elohim. Scholars of the Hebrew have pointed out that bet can also be translated as a different preposition, the preposition as. And I want to share just a few minutes with you some thoughts on, on what, if anything, it might mean to us to construe human beings as being made as the image of God, as opposed to in the image of God. Now, to me at least... As conveys a little more of a dynamic piece to it. There's a living, breathing, it's got legs, it's moving around, unlike the statue, the carved but lifeless idols that neighboring countries had that suggested this image of God notion. So what does it mean to live as the image of God? As bearers of the fingerprints of the maker of heaven and earth. What does it mean moment by moment, day by day? What does it mean tomorrow morning when you're at the stoplight and you thought it was your right of way and it was somebody else's right of way? What does it mean when you 
get the call about what your opinion is on the latest X, Y, and Z. What does it mean when a doorbell rings? Last night I had one of my favorite doorbell ringers show up. A little eight-year-old that lives down the street from us. Had his little tan uniform on, you know, all decked out, big ear-to-ear grin, right? And I just said, let me see, let me see what you got, right? Because it's an annual event in his case. And he was very proud to show me that I was the last one on this list. I was about number 30. You know, I said, well, what are you going to do? You're going to have to close up shop because you filled it all the way up, right? I, I could have said, we had our small group last night. I could open the door and said, we're, I'm sorry, we're in the middle of a Christian small group and I don't have time for you to slam and get back to work. But that, that would not be doing a very good job of being an image bearer, right? Bearing the image of God means we have some responsibilities. I love the subtitle to Brent's series, Being Human, which, by the way, is a challenge. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Okay, it's a full-time gig, right? And sometimes we wish it wasn't. Can I take a few minutes off? Can I go hide somewhere? And you can, you know. Luckily, again, we, we can count ourselves in positions often. I, again, I have a beautiful bride. Is we, we, we have a great relationship because we, we are willing to give one another that breathing room on occasion. <laughs> Sometimes that solitude matters, right? And yet, we're not created for that. We're created for community. Again, one of the interesting echoes we get in the opening chapters of Genesis is it's not good for man to be alone. And that's a global thing. It's not just about marriage. I would argue not even primarily about marriage, even though that's what follows. Man is built for a relationship. We're social animals. And we do best when we gather together just like we're doing tonight to fellowship, to worship, to ponder a little bit, to practice your extemporaneous speaking skills, right? <laughs> That's always kind of fun, isn't it? The, the subtitle is called to being sacred, and then he, you know, inserts particular topic here. So sacred sexuality, sacred work, sacred thinking, the good life, and we could, we could in, insert a whole other host of things, sacred parenthood. Sacred husband or wife, sacred son or daughter, right? We should look at life through a set of lenses that suggests every opportunity that we have to interact with somebody else that bears those fingerprints, whether they know it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, is an opportunity to be, live, act as image bearers. Does this make sense? Right? It gives a little bit of vitality to this notion of being created in the image of God. So as the image of God, as Christians, what does that mean for our day-to-day -day living? Well, let me suggest just a couple things, okay? One of them is humility. One of the things Brent's going to unpack in the next couple of weeks is make sure that we understand the distinction between those that are created as the image of God and God, right? So we, we have the privilege, this unspeakable privilege of being image bearers. In all of creation, it's only humanity that's been given that great mantle of responsibility. And we should bear it with great humility, right? If the image is somewhat distorted, if there are fingerprints on our glasses so we can't quite see it properly, if the painting's been a little bit defaced, one thing we should certainly commit ourselves to is not defacing it any further. In fact, we should draw near, as the Lord says, right? And ask him, we could ask him, Lord, what does it mean and what can I do? What kind of things can I do on a day-to-day -day basis to do a better job of being an image bearer? 
Maybe it's a relationship that's a hurdle for me. Maybe it's a besetting sin that I haven't yet been willing to give up. I can't shake for some reason. Maybe it's old fears or old wounds, whatever it happens to be. We, we can bear that image a little bit better. We will not bear it perfectly. We will never fully understand what it means to be those image bearers this side of the Jordan. I'm convinced of that, right? But if God's the standard, we can certainly wax and wane on a sliding scale of how we're doing on this image thing. And we ought to be encouragers to one another, right? What does that look like? How can we be better? So humility is a key piece of that process. Another thing, and Brent talks about it on here in terms of thinking, you know, what aspects of, of God's image do we in fact bear? What does it mean to be created in the image of God as, as stumped Jewish and Christian theologians since those words were penned, right? Because if we look around this room, well, I don't see my twin out there anywhere. We all look different, Right? So it can't be something just as simple as, as eye color or hair color. Some of the attributes of God that, that we think he might have imparted to us are rationality. So when Brent talks about sacred thinking, we are called to be renewed up here as, as well as here, right? Remember when Jesus was confronted by the lawyer who asked him, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? The beautiful four-letter word we always like to start thinking about when we talk about God, love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your strength. That's an integrated picture of humanity, right? We don't just love him emotively without thinking about what that means. We're not just cold, calculating, rational folks that have no heart in the, the game. We bring the two of those together. We love him with all of who we are. We're thinking creatures. We're feeling creatures. We are linguistic creatures. God speaks. He spoke and, and the cosmos burst into existence. He speaks through the prophets. He speaks through his words. We have that same capacity. Christian theologians argue that because the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, existed in fellowship, in communion for all eternity, we reflect that aspect of the image of God precisely by being social creatures, relational creatures. In fact, the argument's been made for years that that's exactly why God said, I would say God pointed out to Adam, reminded him, perhaps, that it's not good to be alone. We need similar creatures also made in the image of God. Adam's exercise of naming all of the other aspects of the animal world was an object lesson for him that you're not them. You're not me as the maker of heaven and earth. You stand in a unique place. And at that moment in time, it was Adam and Adam alone. And so God leaned down and whispered into Adam's ear and said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. So we make a help me, someone like you. We be fruitful and multiply. We grow up into communities where we can do exactly what we're doing tonight, right? So, we're called to be image bearers who are rational. We use our heads. We exercise the discipline of study, <laughs> which can be hard work sometimes. And you know, the fun part is you don't have to do it alone. We've got a great small group, and we spent a couple hours last night laughing one minute, crying the next, talking about what this community thing looks like. 
what it's supposed to look like. That special community that, that happens between husbands and wives. We're rational. We're relational. We have the capacity to be moral or unfortunately immoral. Right? No other aspect of creation is expected to be moral. We don't apply the moral law to animals. We don't apply it to fish. We don't apply it to the birds of the air. We don't arrest predators for doing what comes naturally to them. We do that for humans because they're moral agents. That's an aspect of the attributes of God that's been imparted in some way to us. Now, as Brent pointed out last week, precisely because of another aspect of being created in, in God's image, we're, we're bent a little bit from where we're supposed to be. One of, one of the biggest blessings and burdens that God imparted to us is that he created us with this terrible and wonderful thing called free will, right? Choose today whom you will serve is that invocation we get in the opening chapters of Joshua. The father of lies has leveraged that since day one. So have you ever found yourself facing a decision? I'm reminded when I, when I do this, I think of Bugs Bunny cartoons with, you know, little, got the angel on one side and the, the guy with the red suit on the other side. And, and we can have a few laughs about that, but, but maybe not too many, right? So what did the serpent say to Eve, who had this capacity to exercise free will? The same thing, I would argue, it's the same question that, that starts every other sin that's ever faced any human being since the dawn of time. Did God really say, fill in the blank, honor your parents, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, wives respect your husbands. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. And on and on and on. Did God really say that? Well, Eve, just for a moment, decided, no, not really. Right? That little hinge, that little gap in her obedience to the Almighty is, again, the, the reason why the image is not what it could be. Right? Thank goodness... God's a redeemer. And guess what? That's an attribute that he didn't impart to us. <laughs> right? We can share to some limited extent in his rationality, in his capacity for morality, which in his case is perfect, 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 perfect. We can share to some limited extent in his capacity to love, to be creative, to be in community. But there are some attributes that are unique to God. And one of them is the attribute of, of Redeemer God. He accomplished on our behalf something we could never accomplish for ourselves. Amen? Right? And because of that, again, I think we have a special charge as Christians to move on and out and up and through life thinking about what am I doing today to conduct myself as someone who lives the image of God, right? We do it tonight. By coming together, you might have bumped into somebody out in the hallway who you haven't seen in a while. You offered a word of encouragement. You might have an opportunity tomorrow to respond to somebody who cries out for help.
You might go and deliver a meal for somebody. You might go mow somebody's lawn for them. You might pick up after your kids. <laughs> right? Just a little moment of grace today, whatever it might be. Think. And I would encourage you to pray about that, that search my heart and know me. How can I be better as being an image bearer? Right? So man and women are created as the image of God. Okay? Over the course of the next several weeks, Brent, not the bullpen, but Brent, is, is going to run with that idea in, in much more detail and is going to look through that, that picture of these frail creatures made in God's image and apply it to sacred living in all these different areas. And, and I'm hoping that the numbers continue to grow, that you might think about who, who's usually here that's not, who doesn't come on Wednesdays that might want to come on Wednesdays, who can I have in a seat next to me, right? Because that, that serious call to a devout and holy life, the title of an old book by an old Puritan divine, is, is something that, that is, it's a challenge. It's hard work in some ways, right? But we don't have to do it alone. So encourage some people to come. Encourage some people to contemplate what it means to be human. And every now and then just ask yourself, look in the mirror, say, how am I doing? How did I do today? Give yourself a little grace, right? I can attest to, to being one who's had more than, more than a handful of subhuman days, right? Where I don't treat my wife the way I should, I don't treat coworkers the way I should, I don't treat my kids the way I should. But those are opportunities to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, <laughs> so I punted on that one. I could have done it tonight. I could have told Brent, uh, I'm on my way to, uh, <laughs> I love him, right? We all love him. And so we step up and serve and we encourage, right? So being, being the guy that came out of the bullpen, who's not, certainly wasn't 20 minutes ago, accustomed to pitching nine innings, right? And seeing that, that my clock is getting close to the designated time, I've got about three minutes, right? <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> Cliff Notes versions are always good. I want to just spend a couple minutes in prayer with you. And then we're going to transition out back. Now, I do have a confession to make. I was here teaching, I think last spring was the last time I did it. And I got coached up from Brent in terms of, you know, here's, here's sort of the normal format of the night and everything. And he was careful to impress upon me that, you know, we're really protecting this tail end of every service. So we don't, we don't just come listen and disappear. We, we, we want to be intentional about building community. And what better way to build community than sugar? Right? I mean, it's, it's the bond that connects every family, right? So uh, last time, I, I just I went to the well and I pulled out this fantastic blessing over the brownies and the cookies, and I noticed they're not there yet, so that's why I'm kind of, you know, doing this routine. Because last time I did that and they never showed up. <laughs> I prayed so well that they disappeared. <laughs> so <laughs> tonight I'm, I'm promised that we're going to have some fellowship time out back. We can enjoy some liquid refreshment so we can enjoy some sweets, and then we can enjoy the sweet fellowship of saying, how are you doing? How was your week? What can I be praying for? And I'm hoping that the number one thing we're praying for again is, is Brent and Kristen. Fantastic family, great teacher, 
beautiful couple. I always tease them, you guys are the GQ couple. They're just great, and I love them. And so, so let's close in prayer for us and for them as well, if we can. Father, we are thankful. In fact, thankful enough, I'm not sure we could do justice to it, Lord. That, that we can call ourselves Christians. We have appropriated the name of our Redeemer and Savior. And Father, I pray you impress upon our hearts and minds what a sweet privilege that is. And what responsibility that entails. Help us to be faithful and disciplined stewards of that precious name. Help us, Lord God, to be encouragers to one another as members of the body, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe we, we be ones who are quick to say yes. Quick to say, what do you need? Quick to say, I love you. Quick to say, I forgive you. Quick to lend a hand quick to be an encourager, slow to anger, slow to judge, always bearing about a spirit of thanksgiving for what you have done for us that we could never have done for ourselves. And Father, this evening and on into the next several weeks as Brent continues to run with this notion of what it means to be human, I just pray that you give us a spirit of praise and thanksgiving and awe and wonder at the sweet privilege that in all of creation, it's only men and women who have been given the privilege of being created as the image of God. May you breathe new vitality into that concept, new life, that moment by moment and day by day we would go forward as image bearers singing your praises, serving with joy in our hearts. Father, we pray for Brent and for Kristen and the kids. We pray that as the great physician, you would move in and amongst the clinical team that you would lay the hands of healing upon Kristen. You would lay the hands of healing upon the kids. And Father, that your comforter would be a tangible presence among that family this evening. That you would lift up their countenance that you would put renewed hope in their hearts. Get Kristen back on her feet, home, well, and untouched by this incident, that they might look forward to the future, we pray. Finally, Father, we ask your prayer on our fellowship, our blessing, our treats this evening. May the meditations of our hearts and the words of our lips always and everywhere give glory to your precious name. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.